Hey, food friends, and welcome to the Food Founders Podcast. Whether you're looking to get on your very first store shelf or you're looking to grow your national or even international food brand, this podcast is going to teach you what it really takes to launch, grow, and scale a packaged food brand. Hear the food founder journeys of brands growing in their industry so you can fast track your food business success. I'm your host, Ainsley, and this is the Food Founders Podcast. Hey, everyone. I am here today with Christy Knowles, CEO of Mother Raw. Christy, welcome to the Food Founders Podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to have the opportunity. Really excited to have you on here. Um, For anyone tuning in, we are recording this uh, in the beginning phases of uh, the self-quarantine and self-isolation that is going on right now with uh, everything going on with COVID-19. So I'm sure we'll probably talk a little bit about that today. Um, But just so you guys know, we are both working from home, recording away today. So we are safe distance. Yes, yes, exactly. (laughs) Um, Christy, for anyone who does not know Mother Raw, Can you share with us a little bit about the brand? Uh, Who is Mother Raw and who are you guys really for? Yeah, for sure. So Mother Raw, just for context, was uh, introduced to North America in January of 2019. So we're quite young as a brand. Um, Mother Raw's mission is we want to encourage uh, more people to eat more plants more of the time. And the way that we do that is we have a line of not only ridiculously delicious, but also really, really clean and organic plant-based dips, dressings, and marinades, condiments, and even quesos. And so our whole thing is just encourage more people to eat more plants by making it super easy, super delicious, by providing these products that add variety and yumminess. Love it. And I love that you guys just introduced a queso recently too. I'm I'm a huge queso fan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> One of the interesting things about Mother Raw is not only is it uh, plant-based or suitable for vegans, but it's also free of the top allergens. Mm. So that includes, of course, you know, gluten and dairy and um, but also nuts. And so for our quesos. We're one of the few brands that um, is a vegan queso that isn't nut-based, which is really interesting. Huh. That is really interesting because that's kind of my issue sometimes is a lot of vegan cheeses, uh, they rely on like cashews and I can't really, I just can't like personally eat cashews. Like I have a sensitivity to it. So I'm like, I can't really switch over. So I love the fact that you guys don't use nuts for it. That's great. Yeah, exactly. Um, All right. So can you talk to us a little bit about um, the beginnings of the company? Uh, I know that you're the CEO right now. Um, I know that you've been part of the company for a really, really long time since you guys have kind of been inception. Like, I know you only uh, launched recently, but talk to us about the beginnings of the company. Um, Why was it created and, and... how did you kind of get involved with the company? Absolutely. Um, the 
the founder's story is uh, is an interesting one, um, and I'll, I'll just warn your listeners that it's it's a sad one as well. Um, so the company was actually created under a different name called Raw Foods um, by a woman named Michelle and Mich- Michelle Cotman, and Michelle was on a quest to basically. Uh, answer the question, why can't your salad dressing be as healthy as your salad? She was like a holistic nutritionist. Um, She was very passionate about food as medicine, food as joy, and was just annoyed with the fact that there wasn't great condiments and dressings and dips out there to uh, that really appealed to her from a health conscious standpoint. And we're also vegan. So like every other founder, she started doing what she did, did best, which was creating recipes uh, in her own kitchen and then moved into her own small facility and managed it all on her own um, under the raw foods brand name and was in some natural food uh, channels. And it was a very small brand, but she was making, uh, you know, making strides. And she was uh, fortunate enough, but also the, the business proposition was interesting enough that a uh, venture capital uh, group came along um, with a couple of uh, management team members as well and uh, invested in her business. Mm. And uh, I was brought in after they had been at it for about a year as a, as a team to really take a look at the brand and see what may be getting in the way of getting the distribution that they thought they would get. So I, my background is uh, in big consumer packaged goods companies um, and also alcohol beverages and uh, innovation strategy, branding, all those types of things. And I had left big business behind very, uh, very specifically to move into an environment where I could have a more direct impact on things that were important to me. Mm. Um, And that is health and fitness and food and all those kinds of things. Anyway, so I was asked by the management team who I knew from my past to come in and just sort of take a look and do some consulting work. I did that. And during that time, Michelle, uh, who was 45 at the time, she passed away. And um, that is a moment in a business that is founder-made, founder-led, where literally it's like the light goes out, Mm. Um, you know, and the flame goes out. And so we, um, yeah, we were just, you know, the business at that point was rudderless. And um, who's going to develop the recipe? Who's going to be the cheerleader? So, uh, so I was asked to, to, to join full time and, uh, I did, and, uh, we've worked, we worked tirelessly for about nine months behind the scenes. I'll say reinventing mm. raw foods into mother raw. Mm. And that's sort of how the story goes. Wow. Yeah. And so we worked with uh, I was able to lean on an amazing community and network of agencies, um, partners uh, to help. What did we do? We rebranded, we reformulated all the products and uh, that's 19, we have 21 varieties now. At the time we had 19. 
So I hired a pro- product developer. We, you know, reformulated all the products, but on the exact same principle that, mm. um, that Michelle had around the, only the highest quality, least processed ingredients. So that we stayed 110% true to, but we, you know, we had the expertise of, as a recipe developer come in and, um, and we launched our online uh, website, uh, both a Canadian Shopify site and a U.S. Shopify site. Um, so we just hunkered down and created mm. the backbone to relaunch what was Mother Rock in mm. 2019, of, uh, in January 2019. And it's been an incredible journey because we went from, I think it was in, in 2017, I think the brand was in 300 stores in 218 I don't believe we hit even close to a thousand in 219 at the end of 219 uh, we were in um, we were set up in 5500 and we continued to grow and so it's been an incredible journey for the for the team that's huge growth Um, and that story that you share, it's, it's so touching. And I think the company is so grateful and so lucky to have someone be able to take that torch like yourself and allow that brand purpose to come through and continue on. And I think that's, you know, when a, when a business starts, a founder creates it with a vision and a purpose. And I think that this is an example of when that purpose is so deep and so strong and already has people rallied around it, it becomes a legacy that can live on and someone else can take that torch and allow it to grow, which is incredible. One of the, one of the, you know, benefits of coming from the consumer packaged goods world and the discipline that, you know, you and I both have around coming from that environment is um, the right away. The first thing that I did was bring the management team together because that's basically who (laughs) the team was the team (laughs) brought them together uh, with our agency partner at the time and said, we're going to articulate this mission. We're going to articulate that purpose. We're articulating those values because they lived within Michelle. Mm. They didn't live like in order to live in the company at large, we needed to articulate them. We needed to go through that process of putting it on paper, of Mm. putting it on the boards, putting it in images, um, building out the brand identity, the positioning, all of that type of thing that is the root of a brand um, that uh, you know I, I I knew was really important in order to sustain the mission mm. and um, we go back to it of course every day because every day you see something that someone else is doing and you wonder should you do it or maybe this is a more efficient or cost-effective way of doing that but wait a minute that's not on principle that's not on value that's not on um, and so you're right in that it is, it is very powerful, very, very powerful to be at the genesis of creating, you know, that brand purpose and building a team around it. Yeah. Right. Because now we went from, 
a handful of employees. We have 19 or 20 now. Um, and uh, every one of them right, lives the, the purpose because if not, then they're not going to be happy being part of our team. Right. So it's pretty, it's pretty powerful. And, and I would just say that the brand was originally um, salad dressings. Mm. That's what it was known you know, for. And we still are, are, are largely salad dressings. But the reality is, is that Mother Raw is not a salad dressing company, right? Mother Raw has this purpose about encouraging more people to eat more good, whole, real food. Um, and, and that means like stuff that's minimally processed. That means that things that you can pronounce that you have in the, you know, your cupboard or your fridge. Um, and so really we, this brand purpose can stretch across categories mm. and that's our, that's our plan. Well, and that is, that is what a really strong brand purpose is in so many ways as well, because it, it's not just category defined. It is this big audacious goal that you're going after and what can help satisfy that. And, and you guys did that upfront work to see, well, who exactly is this brand and how does it need to come to life? And I think that's really great that you've opened that up to what consumers might need in there to deliver on that versus being just, we are just a salad dressing, right? Yeah. And, you know, I think you asked me, and I'm sorry if I, I, I didn't, I did not answer this the first time, um, but like, who's this for? Who's mm. this for? And of course, we're learning more and more and more about who our actual buyer is as we gather data and you know, intel on that. But really, this brand is about is for people who really value the food that they put in their mouth, like really, really value, um, and people who want to eat clean, whole foods. Um, yes, it's vegan. Yes, it's gluten free. Yes, you know, it's these different elements that make this brand special. Uh, it's organic, but it's really, it's, it's meant to be just for people who really value like good, wholesome, mm. clean. And I don't know if I love that word or not, but I think it's just a nice shorthand for unprocessed foods. Yeah. And so uh, that was another, you know, large discussion with the team as we were considering, you know, what is mother raw in the future and, and, and this shift from raw foods to mother raw. And it really was, guys, this isn't, and gals, this isn't just about a brand that is vegan or a brand that, you know, uses only extra virgin olive oil, which is an absolute key feature of our brand. But it's not, you know, those bits and pieces. It's the fact that we're clean, whole food mm. and encouraging people to enjoy clean, whole food, right? Like our recipes encourage like just nutrient dense, but like yummy, yummy, yummy. and so. Um, it's, it's, it's a target that is broader than one of those types of like food lifestyles or food sensitivities. Yeah. I love that. It allows you guys to grow in so many different ways and just speaks to so many different people, uh, who doesn't want to eat cleaner, who doesn't want to feel better about what they're putting in their body. Right. Right. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Right. You guys. So as you said, you guys have grown a ton in the last few years. Um, it's probably really difficult to pinpoint like one of these like really key wins that has really 
change the direction of the company. Um, but if you had to think of like a win that you guys have had that has, yeah, really changed how you guys operate, changed the way that you guys have um, realized how you need to come to market or even who you need to be as a leader, what, what would one of those wins be? Yeah, that's a great question. And as you say, there are, you know, different inflection points. The the first and biggest one being the move to uh, Mother Raw, right? Mm-hmm. And all of that work we just talked about. But I think the second piece is within food, uh, particularly within the U.S. environment, the inflection points have come as we've found the best broker distributor partners to uh, bring visibility to our brand. So one of the things that was a new challenge for us as a management team was uh, realizing and having to realize that we, we, are, we are a refrigerated brand. So uh, we are bought in, by the produce buyers. Mm. So it's produce buyers we're dealing with. And um, I've never dealt with produce buyers, and and they are by and large a wonderful group of uh, of people, uh, very competent. But it was developing the relationships with buyers within retailers that we we've, we've never developed relationships with before, who are busy in a way that I've never experienced. And what I mean is, if your shipment of cherries which are in the flyer don't show up because natural reasons or what have you um they are focused on filling that slot and so just appreciating that um it, it takes time to develop the relationship it takes time to move from a yes to on shelf mm. and the power of figuring out your broker and distributor network within the u.s who can help with those relationships with those produce buyers who can help be your advocate day to day is is has been what's got us new listings and new distribution and and really that's that's what you know that's the stage that we're at is Mm. getting new accounts um yeah, so I, it wasn't like one particular da 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 da. But mm-hmm. as we've gone, we've also had to pivot because we'll try one approach and realize, and the one approach was not really understanding how important it was to deal with produce professionals, mm. produce brokers who know the produce people, um, and 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 having to move our our brokerage model around to, to, to accommodate that. And that's right. been a, a, a key learning Stay Don't ever sign up for a long-term contract. Give yourself lots of room to be fl- uh, flexible and make decisions pretty quick. Like if the relationships aren't there, if you're not seeing the action, then you have to make a quick assessment and move to a different model. Hmm. So that's been really quite interesting. Yeah, that's, um, they're so huge. Like that that has such a huge impact on how you're going to get out there. Right. And like, I don't know, I'm seeing a consistent theme of, of in this chat 
speaking is like your focus also on partnerships and as like the holistic community of everyone touching your brand, whether it be the agency partners that you brought in front, like right in the beginning to how do we redefine things to working really closely with your distributors, your buyers, you are really able to put yourself in everyone's shoes and bring everyone together. I think that's really key as a leader because, you know, we know so much um, and lean on experts in their expert zone. Right. Well, and, and, you know, you, that brings to mind to me, the, um, you know, other, other inflection points, other, other things that we've done that have opened new doors. And I would say that um, hiring the marketing expertise that we have now, because I don't have time to get into the day-to-day and quite frankly, I'm not a digital native expert. Right. And this, and this, so I'm very, very thankful for the team that we have now, um, which is two people plus, mm-hmm. you know, plus external, uh, amazing experience externally supporting us as well. And just being able to put all those pieces together of who, what expertise do we need? Do we need it in-house, out-of-house? How do, how do we do that? How do we manage that? Um, it, it's really taught me two, two things. One, it's taught me I'm um, uh, much more resourceful than I gave myself credit mm. for in the beginning of this sort of entrepreneurial venture. I wondered, gee, am I going to be one of those people who's who's looked at as, oh, she won't get it in a small company because she comes from a big company with tons of resources. Mm. And, th- you know, like there's a media buying group. There's a, mm-hmm. there's an a agency, there's this in-house studio, what have you. And so I, you know, I'm like, I don't want to fall prey to that. And, uh, and so I've learned about myself, how incredibly resourceful I am at bringing together the right components. And I don't always get it right, but you know, and, and, and how incredible my network really is. Mm. Um, and then just how powerful it is when that's in motion, right? The things that we're doing now, the depths of analytics, the depths of, of strategic thinking for what is still, you know, an emerging brand. It's pretty cool. And I'm learning a ton, a ton. That's, that's the one thing about the food industry. It's always, always going to be changing for sure. And yeah, surrounding yourself with those right people makes the world of a difference, right? Oh, it's all about, everybody always says it and it's just, it's so true. It's all about the team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. So we talked about, you know, some of the, the pieces that have kind of been a catalyst to, you know, the success that you guys are seeing right now. Um, talk to me about one of the challenges that you guys are working to overcome right now. And, and how are you going about that? And how is that changing how you are having to show up as a leader or is it changing how you're showing up as a leader right now, the current challenges that you guys are facing? Yeah. I mean, I think it's good to maybe split this into two parts. One is what's the most immediate uh, challenge that we're all facing. And of course that's COVID-19 and how that impacts um, our, our employees, our business our friends, our family, our community. Um, so absolutely it's, uh, changed the way we operate on a day-to-day basis and it changes day to day. I think that, um, I am so grateful for 
the uh, operations expertise, manufacturing expertise mm. that we have and that we, we as self-manufacture. So we rely only on ourselves mm. and uh, that is a huge benefit in this, in this situation. And I feel very, you know, it, it must be very difficult for brands who are leveraging co-packers who themselves are having to figure out, you know, how to maneuver through this. So um, our manufacturing team um, and our health and safety expertise within our facility is bar none best in class. And so from day one of, of you know, hearing of, of COVID-19, uh, we uh, jumped into action with a series of uh, safety precautions. And um, of course, have continued to uh, enforce those and even ramp them up to the, mm. to the extent of, you know, no visitor policy, therefore we can't hire part-time uh, help. So our front office is helping on the manufacturing line. Um, and so, you know, every day we're, we're being thrown into things that uh, aren't necessarily what our, our job, you know, description says, and uh, everybody's just been fantastic uh, in, in supporting that the manufacturing continue um, because that's obviously that's what keeps that's what keeps business alive, um, and so we've we've taken great effort to um, and myself uh, kind of uh, you know taking the lead role in this is communicating on an ongoing basis over communication is best, um, really making sure that our employees are healthy and happy and protected, and so we went right into work from home mode for the front office, as well as um, um, self-isolation for those who had traveled, um, including myself. So um, I am in self-isolation, which uh, is absolutely, like it's, it's the only option and it's absolutely appropriate. I think for me as a leader, I just, it makes me lean into, it doesn't change who I am as a leader. It just makes me, um, lean harder into the part of leadership, which is really about leading with compassion and humanity mm. and clarity. Um, I make decisions for the best of the employees. I always do that. It's just now it's, it's, it's just really uh, with even that much more heart. And I do a, I have a couple of articles on LinkedIn hashtag leading with heart, which sort of, I, I, I put out there before any of this happened, but mm -hmm. I think that's really what this is. This is a time for me to lead with heart. Um, um, yes, with my business hat on, but I'm always going to have my business hat on. Um, but, you know, we've made made decisions where um, we're really um, we're able to continue to this point um, to keep everybody working full time. And, um, and uh, that's what we're going to continue to try to do. Uh, so that, so it was, you know, I feel like, um, we're very fortunate. Mm -hmm. um, I'm very fortunate in that I've got a fantastic manufacturing team. Our salespeople are on the phone, you know, with their their brokers and distributors, and my marketing team is doing what they do. Um, and uh, yeah, and we're checking in a lot with each other, mm -hmm. which is fantastic. Um, yeah, but I would say on you know the other day to day challenge, um, which is. Uh, something that we're going to continue with as a brand is just, and I would want everybody who's thinking about, you know, being a food entrepreneur is just this, uh, the reality of the food business is such that when you do finally get a buyer to say yes, 
the path to being on shelf is long. <laughs> it's long. We have, I mean, once in a while it's, they want it right away. Right. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, I'd be careful not to plan too ambitiously that way because we have retailers who said yes a year ago and still haven't put us on the shelf because of various internal you know, reasons. Um, and, um, and so just sort of planning that you get a yes, you feel very excited. And then you sort of go, okay, when's it going to happen? And then there's a very arduous process to be listed in their system that involves a lot of paperwork and every retailer is different. Um, so you have to go through all of that to get officially listed. And then you likely need to wait until they are going to redo the planogram, redo the shelving for that category that you're in. And they may have a very strict date in produce. It's not as much. Mm. And so it's hard to plan. So plan that it's going to take more time than you think. And in our case, it's like a good four, four to six months. Wow. It can be four to six months. Now, sometimes, like I said, it's yeah. sooner we had a, our latest uh, retailer, uh, it was record time, record time, weeks hmm. from meeting, from, you know, kind of, okay, we're going to do this to set up to, in market. And that was fortuitous for us. And it was because they removed a competitor from the shelf and they, they that was what we, of course, at the time didn't know that that was the motivation, but that, that was hmm. the motivation. So it's this like figuring out how to be nimble, but plan that it's going to take longer than you think. That's what I would say. <laughs> yeah. I think that's really sound advice for people. And also like, I don't know, that is just opens up so many other challenges for you guys as well in terms of planning your manufacturing staff, you know, forecasting like the ingredients, forecasting the dollars and cents, all of that. Um, it probably shines a really big light on all of that, but I think you seem like you have the team there well, that's that right. is flexible to make it happen because they're working towards that greater purpose, right? That's it. And we're at a bit of a different stage in that we have some venture capital funding. Um, but if I was starting as a founder myself today, I would start very regionally, mm. start with a very select segment of customers um, in a very select region with one broker, uh, with maybe, you know, one distributor. And, and, and I, I would probably be starting that way with a, a different, until we can prove proof of concept. Mm. And then you bring in, hopefully um, you're able to get, um, either generate the cash yourself or get funding that you need. Um, but, you know, we're at a bit of a different point in our journey. And so we're, I think we have 11 brokers right mm. now, which is a lot to manage with two salespeople. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's it, so I think I would say go like with, like get your proof of concept. It's totally by region or with one iconic retailer mm. and then take that proof of concept and start to roll it out, get the funding that you need. However that, you know, however you might get that. And um, yeah, cause it's, yeah, it's a long journey. It's yeah. exciting. It's a very exciting journey though. Oh my goodness. 
<laughs> but yeah, it's always uh, it's always a little bit longer than we expect, and always more expensive than we expect. Yeah, yeah. Like building a house, it's like renovations. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> any other uh, any other advice that you would give for anyone who is maybe at the beginning stages of their entrepreneurial journey in the food and beverage industry, or you know maybe they're at home right now thinking you know what, I have a delicious X, Y, and Z recipe. Now is the time for me to go and create a, create a real business out of this. Um, any advice for anyone in those beginning stages? Oh, I wish I had some magical wand. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because uh, the first thing that I would do is talk to others who have done it before. And really understand what's required Mm. because like any business until like you really uh, peel back the layers of the onion, you don't really understand what's involved. Um, So in food um, through retailers, because of course it's a food service route as well, but food food, um, through retail, you know, there's these just various layers of regulatory, uh, like very strict regulatory rules, very strict shipping across border rules. Um, and just make sure that you've identified each of the components into getting your product from an idea to, you know, on, on a shelf and then off the shelf. And just really think through it all. Uh, um, it may make you not want to do it to do it, um, but to do it with your eyes wide open and, and really quickly identify what are the areas that you're capable of doing yourself, right? So in Michelle's case, she was the recipe ideator. She was the creator of, of the, of the purpose of the brand of what it stood for. Um, that was what she was really, really good at. Um, in my case, you know, I do the branding, the business leadership. I, I bring acumen uh, to the business. But if you, I don't like regulatory stuff. Mm. Like I, oh my gosh, I, I just find regulatory um, difficult. And am I going to make a mistake? And so I'd always, always have outside expertise to help me with that. And so really identify like, okay, what can, what am I good at? What am I not good at? Where do I go for help in each of these areas? I think that's where I would, I would start because it's a very romantic idea to, to get your magic recipe into the hands of, you know, millions of people. And it's absolutely possible I mean, there were 3,500 exhibitors at Expo West. Many of them were food, natural food companies. Um, So it's possible. It's just I'd want to know what Mm. I'm getting into uh, before I go and write that business case. And and surround yourself with the best people. Mm. You know, um, ask within your network, like, and start going to trade shows and meeting people and getting involved in podcasts and or, or webinars. And like, there's an amazing network of, of, of people out there who are willing to help and are willing to help. And what I would say, I've noticed a really delightful uh, interest in, in people in the natural food space in particular, 
willing to help others in the natural mm -hmm. food space because there is this kind of collective mission. Um, and so it's, it's, it's quite supportive. It's, it's really, it's a really in, enjoyable environment that way is, you know, I came from a pretty doggy dog kind of environment and, um, and I understand that, you know, competition is competition, of course, but I think that there's just, there is a willingness within the natural food space in particular to embrace others who are trying to do good things. So, yeah. 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 The, the natural food industry, there is something beautiful about it. How everyone is really there to help one another. And I think you nailed it uh, on the head there when I think it's because everyone's working towards this larger purpose of yeah. let's put good food in people's bodies, right? Let's help people out this way. Um, and it makes it a lot easier to want to help each other out and everyone everyone is just so generous um with being able to help one another and like even you being on here sharing is so generous for anyone who's you know listening and not really sure where to start or not really sure what that looks like um it's a great learning opportunity for other people tuning in as well yeah good good uh final question for you um Feel free to answer this however you want. But uh, what uh, what do you think Mother Raw pairs perfectly with? Oh, well, <laughs> huh, that is so, it's a very difficult answer only because we are in various categories, as I said, right? So salad dressing. Um, so in terms of um, our, our, the favorite thing, that my favorite thing to do with our salad dressings is to use them on, green bowls or uh, like legume dishes along with greens and other veggies. Like I love to roast uh, my veggies in um, like, for example, I use the Mediterranean, which is has sun-dried tomato and black olives in it. And so I'll use that as the marinade to roast my veggies in. And then I'll use those on top of my greens and just put some more Mediterranean dressings. Or sometimes I do a Japanese style. Uh, so that's one of my, my faves, but, um, nice. I have a tip and trick with each of them and on our website, we've got lots of uh, recipes and tips and tricks. So, um, you'll see some of the team faves up there. Awesome. I'm going to go check some of those out cause I've got a ton of, ton of grains in here, uh, <laughs> stocking up on everything. I need some inspiration. <laughs> our, our series right now we're doing is on pantry staples. For obvious reasons, everybody's trying to figure out how to keep, you know, their families fed well and uh, keep variety uh, going and is looking in their pantries um, to those, you know, it's, it's, it is the time to ask, what do I do with these dried lentils or, you know, mm -hmm. how can I use this bulgur? Uh, so we are, we have different options uh, on our website and on our uh, Instagram channel. So uh, for sure, check it out if you're looking for inspiration. Amazing. Amazing. I'm going to go check that out. Um, thank you for sharing all of this. Thank you for everything that you are doing with a mother raw and being just such a great example of brand with a purpose, a leadership with heart and just being uh, a brand that we can all look up to. So thank you for your time, Christy. Thank you so much. The Food Founders Podcast is brought to you by the Fab Growth Academy, the online hub for driven food and beverage business owners that want to get on more shelves, get into more homes, and really grow their food business. Inside the Fab Growth Academy, 
FAB standing for food and beverage. You'll have unlimited access to tools, resources, and training from myself and my food friends. So if you know you have a great product, let's work on building the business side of things so that more people can enjoy it and you can make the impact I know you want to make with your business. The Fab Growth Academy is now open. So hop on over to growmyfoodbrand.com to join me and your fellow food founders inside the Fab Growth Academy. I cannot wait to see you in there and help you grow your business.